Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the ENS Wolves podcast, sponsored by Adoption at Heart. My name is not Nathan Judah. It's Luke Hatfield. Nathan has decided to take a week off. He is loving life in the States, but that does not mean we are without our one and only Wolves man, Mr. Liam Keane. Liam, how are you today, sir? Enough about me, Luke. There's only one thing for this one. Mr. Luke Hatfield, congratulations on engagement. Thank you. Um, I, mean, I had to make a big thing of it. I had to. I, I've had so much of it now. You know when you're like sick of people like <laughs> thanking you, or not thanking you, um, for, for sharing their thoughts with you? Not, not that I'm not appreciative, but I've, become, I've come up with a, a stock response now. You know, I've been planning that little music segment for about a week now. <laughs> I could tell. And, I didn't, and I, I've just shot it down right out of the sky. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even tell you about it before. I thought, you know what, that'd be a little bit of a funny funny start. Um, but no. I didn't think you'd do it. I didn't think you'd do wow. it. But Look. for what I must I must say, of all of all the um, the messages that is up there. Well, I take a lot of pride in that. <laughs> But no, look, it warmed, I said to you on the phone the other day, it warmed my heart seeing the picture of the, of the pair. It was very nice. Oh, yeah. For those who don't know, um, I've been on holiday recently because I don't I don't host the Wolves podcast much, so I don't think people really know about me. Um, you were nobody, know, really. They'll know what Judy's doing, <laughs> going to blooming tennis games and uh, baseball games, living life in the States. But uh, I was away on holiday last week in Greece um, and pop the question. So that's the reason for that, for anyone who was wondering. Um, nice holiday as well? Lovely. Fantastic. Uh, it did look good. Literally all-inclusive hotel. It was mojitos. It was caipirinhas. Oh. It was all sorts of cocktails, just a bountiful amount of food uh, to the point where I've arrived home and now I feel like, you know, you've got a diet. Mm. Yeah. That's a concern. I- so not only is the weather turning um, with rain, but also I've got to like be careful what I eat. It's just grim. Yeah, you are. You know, you're a pretty big bloke. Um, <laughs> you, de- you know, you definitely got to be careful. Uh, I, before I forget, I, I mean, you saw my tweet. You know, getting questions for this potty as well. Yeah, I'm loving your beard at the moment. By the way. Oh, cheers, mate! Absolutely loving it. I've put I've put a fair bit of work into it. Not that you have to actively work to grow a beard, it just happens by <laughs> itself. I mean, I can do it in my sleep, that's how good I am. Yeah, you're so good at it. Look, <laughs> I, I, I did mention on here a few uh, a few weeks ago with Judah that I started, well, you know when I had COVID, I was in for whatever, 10 days, whatever it was, I uh, grew my facial hair out for those 10 days to see what would happen. Oh yeah, what happened? I do have pictures, but I can tell you now I'm not sending you any pictures. I said the same to Judah, because if I do, you'll be on Twitter. No, what about if it's strictly off the record? There is no way I'm sending it. I've just, just got to explain it. Basically, the goatee was pretty strong. Um, that, rest- that's, that's a clear sign of the, the goatee was okay, the rest wasn't. <laughs> the, ne- the neck and the, the sides were a little bit sparse. The neck, you don't need the neck. I know, I, I know I don't, that. I know I don't, but that's actually, it was growing there more than it was the sides. Oh, that's worrying. Yeah, it was a concern, but I'm thinking I might do Movember and do, and do the moustache. You've got to commit. This is the thing with growing a bit, you have to commit. 
I shaved it. I couldn't commit because it looked ridiculous. I couldn't go out. I couldn't go and see Nathan Judah do a video, go to a Wolves game in good conscience, knowing that I will be a laughing stock. What about just the goatee? I'm I'm not even 25 yet. I look about 45. <laughs> Goatees are. It's you've got to be able. You've got to have a face to pull it off. I don't have it. I've got a baby you look, face. You you you're, you're the clean shaven look suits you. I think. Thank you. You look quite aggressive. <laughs> what? Like you look like someone who could you know like get involved in a scrap. I don't know. Maybe that was wow. my first impression of you. I was wow. like, oh, I better steer clear of him. And then I realised <laughs> that you weren't actually that hard. No, we've had this conversation before. I'm sure we did on the uh, the Warsaw podcast back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was not one person in the office who could beat me in an arm wrestle. That's a fact. Right now, because there's no one in the office. <laughs> no, listen, we had this conversation. We've, we've been there before. Honestly, I, I'm I'm the strongest person at Expressing Star Towers. That's a fact. How would you rate yourself against the Wolf Squad? Could you be Connor Cody in an arm wrestle? Yeah, I reckon so. I reckon what so. What about Willy Bolly? Mm, I don't think so. And don't even bother asking about Adama Traore. Yeah, that was my next one. Don't Adama's, even bother. Adama's beating you, mate. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've got no. there's no shame in that. He's an absolute animal of a human being. He's a beast. But I reckon, look, I'd beat Connor. I reckon I'd beat maybe 70% of that Wolf squad. That- these are professional athletes, man. I know. I know, but I'm a professional gym girl. I wouldn't back you against Bruno Larger. <laughs> I'd, wait a second. I definitely would back myself against Bruno, 100%. Nah, Bruno, Bruno would uh, would handle you, man. He's, he, you yeah, he's, a, he's quite tall, but, you know, aside from that, there's, yeah, no, I, there's no, no issue there at all. I think he's deceptively strong. Yeah, I think he is as well, but that's still not enough to beat me. We'll see. <laughs> I've set myself up for such a fall there. You are, and it's it's interesting. We're doing this podcast at midday, early podcast, um, because someone's getting a second jab. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. I don't really want to do a a uh, arm wrestle competition with my arm hurting. And you know what? I'm a bit worried. I might get flu symptoms. Oh, you'll be fine. I've heard. I, I, a, I was a lot okay after my second one. A lot of I, I asked, you know, Joe Edwards, you know, good friend. We uh, I spoke to him. He said he was. You didn't feel great for a second. I spoke to some other people as well. They all said the same. And I only had COVID 28 days ago. Oh, you had to do what I did. Oh, did you have to delay it as well? Yeah, you have to wait, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Did I tell you, the day I uh, tested positive was the day I had my second jab booked. Really? So I had to delay it until today. I was not happy. What a pain. But I'm finally going to be done, ready to go. You know who else is ready to go? Talk to me. Wolves. The international break is over. Thank God. They're ready to go. The season starts. Well, I say the season starts now. The wins have got to start soon. <laughs> they have to, yeah. Um, but the issue, I suppose, is is the international break. I mean, what a mess. <sighs> I mean, you saw my probably saw my tweet the other day. I just think the whole. Look, I, I really like international football. I love it because you know, following England, I think it's brilliant. Uh, particularly how well we've been doing, you know, I think it really you like unites a nation for you know four, five, six weeks, whatever it is. Um, mm. But it's just been ridiculous last few weeks. I mean, I'll, I'll talk first about the him and their situation again because um, as we're speaking right now, there is no update. So just for for people that are, are concerned or, or unaware, um, 
basically Wolves are waiting on a decision or, or, or an agreement as to whether he can play or not. There's other clubs involved as well. There's a, a centre-back, I forget how to pronounce his name, but for Watford, um, who's in the same situation where basically Wolves stopped Jimenez from going out to Mexico and international duty because they're red in this country. Mm-hmm. Would have meant, it would have meant he had to isolate in a hotel, by the way, not isolate at home, away from his young family. Yeah. Isolate in a hotel for 10 days, missing the Watford and the Brentford game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Premier League also did a, a joint statement in late August saying we're not attending players to red list countries. So it was a, like a joint effort from the Premier League, even though Spurs and Villa then went on their own and did something else. Yeah. Um, and, and and yeah, so, so obviously he didn't go. And then Mexico requested to FIFA that they impose the sanctions on Wolves, meaning that Jimenez will now be banned from five days after the international window, which was yesterday, which means he misses the Watford game. So as it stands, the Premier League and FIFA are going back and forth. The British government are involved. It's a load of red tape and a load of organisations involved trying to basically come to some sort of agreement, trying to get exemptions for players potentially going forward in um, in uh, in October window as well. Um, but as it stands, Jimenez is going to miss the Watford game unless they can come to some sort of agreement. We're expecting... Something for today, uh, probably a joint statement from the Premier League saying this is what all of our clubs have decided to do. Mm. Um, but the, the concern on Wolves' part is that if they go ahead and play Jimenez against Watford, FIFA have got a long list of sanctions and, and serious sanctions that they can impose on Wolves if they want to. Anything from um, you know fines and, and all the generic stuff you'd expect, which is potentially coming along with this anyway. Um, but then, you know, they can void the results on Saturday. They can overturn it. There's, lo- there's a long list of things they can do. Um, so clubs are unsurprisingly very uh, cautious about it as well. So um, if in, this is purely me speculating, but if I had to guess, I would say he probably isn't going to play because mm. I, I think it's unlikely they're going to come to some sort of agreement. Um, and I don't think Wolves are going to necessarily risk it. Yeah. See, but this is, it, it's still this 50-50. Is... This is a thing I saw as well that Liverpool and Leeds obviously are in similar boats and they've got Brazilian players and they were saying, well, what if those two played their players? Because the, I think the ruling was that you could give a 3-0 defeat to a team for doing it. But if oh, both exactly. Leeds and Liverpool played players who weren't ele- ele- eligible, you can't issue 3-0 defeats to both teams, can you? Well, exactly. And it's... It's because, you know, Liverpool, for example, with Salah, they've come to an agreement with Egypt, meaning that um, he can, you know, come back. I think he went away for a little bit and come back or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but basically, they're not going to be under the same sanctions as Wolves because essentially Mexico have um, kicked up a fuss, <laughs> which is the yeah. layman's way of saying it, which is what I said last week as well. So that's where we stand with Jimenez. Um, this, obviously, podcast, as you say, we're recording this at midday. We are expecting later today to hear something. Um, I'd be surprised if we don't hear today, considering the, uh, you know, how long it's taken. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd be very surprised if he if he does play. To be honest, uh, uh, and then of course, as you say, it all it all kicks off, doesn't it? In the international break, we've got Roman size. Mm. I mean, what was I mean? I, I was working Sunday as well. Um, That's bizarre, and, isn't it? I know. And I, I, I'd speaking to our editor about it. I was thinking, you know, I don't think I ever envisaged writing an intro about because I ended up having to mix the, the Villa stuff in with it as well with the Argentina-Brazil game yeah. writing an intro about Roman size escaping a coup in Guinea I mean it was <laughs> it was it was very bizarre but it um, yeah I mean you know they, they played Morocco played Sidan in Morocco 
their first game. Then they travelled to Guinea. Um, Morocco and Guinea, both ambulance countries, so you know, no issues with him coming back to to play still. Yeah. Um, and then what was it? They were there Friday. They trained on Saturday. And then Sunday morning, uh, the game being Monday, the military take over the government and seemingly, you know, kidnap or arrest the president. I mean, <laughs> it was bizarre, wasn't it? Were you, were you following it, were you? So, yeah, I was keeping an eye on it. I couldn't believe it because, I mean, I think everyone had their eyes on on the Argentina-Brazil stuff, which was bizarre in its own right because you've got you've got officials going onto the pitch six or seven minutes into the game. Mad, wasn't it? Mad. It's like the team have been there for however many days and you're only just now rocking up to make a scene. Well, that was um, the thing that Messi said. He was on the pitch, wasn't he? He said, we, we've been here for three days. Why have you waited till now to come Yeah, it's it, mad. It just made no sense. And I thought that was certain to be the, the craziest story of the weekend. But obviously, a military coup um, probably <laughs> outdoes it. And then, yeah, I mean, Morocco got flown back to Morocco, the Moroccan team. Um, they got out of there. They were, they were locked up in a hotel for a few hours. They were There was pictures and all sat around the sofa and sort of sat there on their phones, basically. Yeah, get Wait. the Nintendo Switch out. <laughs> they, uh, they were just... They, they were stuck. And then the videos that were of the two... Coaches, one of the players obviously had taken a video I saw on Twitter, and it's just you know, people in Guinea all around the buses, and like it just looked like chaos around there. Mm. Uh, got they finally got to the airport and got out of there and got back and, and haven't played since. I think they trained in Morocco on the Tuesday, or I think it was. Um, and that was their last game, that was that Monday game was due to be their last game anyway. So, um, obviously, they didn't play it, they didn't have anything else scheduled. So, I uh, if he's not back already, we'll be back. Uh, very soon at least so it's uh, it's not been quiet but for me I sit on it I, I'm, I mean less concerned in terms of an opinion about the, the size thing because that is you know out of a, a football and governing body's control really isn't it yeah, that, that, I mean that just is, is a freak it's just freak a freak current. yeah exactly but the Jimenez stuff I the way I the way I see it is you know in the extreme circumstances of a pandemic why you know Wolves pay his wages? Wolves, you know he's Wolves' player. Um, he, I imagine, doesn't want to have to isolate in a hotel for ten days on his own as well with a, a young family. He's also mm-hmm. going to lose fitness and and, and everything. It. Um, I don't understand why there can't be some sort of exemption or, or agreement um, either side, whether the player goes or doesn't go, um, because of the extreme circumstances. I just think it's very. It just seems like no one's playing ball or working together, but. That's what happens when you get the fat cats all around the uh, all around the table. They haven't got two brain cells to bang between each other. No, that's that's the issue because for me, the simplest way, well, the simplest way would be, you know, to, to rule out international travel. But you shouldn't be doing that. You'd think you'd have some sort of elite sports level exception, um, given the amount of money involved for not only the Premier League and for football clubs, but also respective. You know, nations and and you know, get into the World Cup or you know these international fixtures can can create a lot of money. Um, and obviously, not everything's about money, but you'd think there'd be some sort of discussion between governments, you know, and the Premier League where they, they there's some sort of plan put in place because it screams of no one really knowing what's going on. The whole stuff with Brazil and Argentina where they're saying that forms haven't been filled out and these are Premier League players so you know exactly where they've been for the past 14 days. You know, you've got all sorts of 
question marks over whether players can go or whether they should be staying. You know, some who haven't been called up have got uh, you know don't have to worry about this. So, for example, uh, off the top of my head, Douglas Luiz at Aston Villa, it's not going to affect him because he wasn't called up by the Brazil national team. Um, but then you've got players who want to travel and it can cause issues. I mean, Lo Celso and Romero. I mean, I don't. I'm not even sure they were given actual dispensation from Spurs to travel. The whole thing was just such a mess. <laughs> and the fact that Spurs and Villa went out on their own as well and, and let their players go to these redless countries after the Premier League as a whole with the 20 clubs agreed that we weren't going to do that. Yeah, it's uh, bizarre. It just all stinks a little. As far as I'm aware, I mean, clubs have been amused really as to why Villa and, and Spurs have done that. It all just... The easiest way around it is just the exemption from the British government, but the less, the less said about those... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the better, probably. It's going to be political podcast 101. They've, they've made some uh, brilliant decisions over the past 48 yeah, hours, haven't they? Yeah, 48 hours. I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> it's two years. Yeah, um, yeah. No, they, uh, yeah, less said about them, the better. But uh, the, the easiest way to do it is surely just to have an exemption because it allows players to uh, to go to these redless countries and come back without having to, to isolate. I'm assuming there'll be, you know, there'll be a lot of testing involved in that, which, yeah, is, which, which makes sense. But then also it gives the player, if they don't feel safe and don't want to go, it, you know, they can turn around to the national team and say, look, I don't want to, I don't want to go. And, and surely if it's on their part, the club can't be implicated. Punished, yeah. Exactly. It's, uh, but you know, that's just common sense from, from us two on a, on a remote podcast on a Thursday afternoon, it's not like you know the people who are getting paid a lot of money to make these decisions can't figure it out themselves. Yeah, the simple decision would be, you know, you have an exemption in place, but the clubs have to stump up the cash, or the nations involved have to stump up the cash to to get the testing done. Which so, for them is going to be a drop in the ocean. Exactly. How much does it? I mean, myself, I travelled to Greece the other day, came back. You have to pay for day two PCR, which I did yesterday. I think. Booking three tests, so you do a natural flow while you're there. This is an amber list country, by the way, um, so a red list slightly different, of course. Um, and then you have a day two and a day eight PCR, if necessary, the day eight one. Cost me, I think it's eighty pounds. You're telling me that clubs and respective FAs can't afford that. That was a lot cheaper than even I thought it was. I thought you were going to say, you know, 150, 200 quid, and even that would have been a drop in the ocean for football clubs and you know, governing bodies, organisations. It's uh, it's it's it really it just stinks basically. It's just it's ridiculous. But Wolves may suffer because of it now. I mean, as you know, Jimenez is potentially as it stands is probably unlikely to get in. But it does you know I, I want to make it clear that it does hang in the air as uh, as we're speaking right now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll find out a bit later. But if he doesn't, what an opportunity for probably Fabio Silva unless. Pudence comes in and, and they play a front three of three wingers and one of them sort of plays through the middle. But yeah. Fabio Silva will probably go straight in and, I mean, what an opportunity for him. That's it, exactly. Um, one other man just worth touching on because I know you mentioned him in the last podcast. Has there been any update on, on Willy Bolly? That's a good question. Well, he's, he was on the bench, wasn't he, for the United game. So, yeah, he's back in the... Um, Oh, you mean in terms of the Ivory Coast stuff? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. I was, I was like, <laughs> in my head, I was, I was thinking, what are you on about? He was on the, he was yeah, on the I know he was on the bench, right? <laughs> no, uh, yeah. There's no, there's no issue there. Um, the Ivory Coast basically haven't done what Mexico have done, which is go to FIFA and, and request the sanctions are imposed. So, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be barring any you know injury issues that we're not aware of, and if there is, I'm sure we'll find out in the press conference tomorrow. But um, yeah. 
barring anything like that in terms of the international stuff, yeah, he'd be he should be fine for for Watford. And it's a you know it's an interesting talking point whether he comes straight back in, but you know Kilman, Sice, Cody have done fairly well. Probably will probably keep their place. Yeah, good guys at the Cote d'Ivoire. Um, let's get into questions, shall we, Liam? Questions. Love it. I love an early question session. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, we've had a couple mentioning uh, FFP, mate. Do you want to do you want to address them? Yeah. Um, it, I mean, I think there's a few people a bit confused with it. The UEFA FFP regulations that have been on Wolves, for, you know, falling foul of them a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, um, it. Perhaps I didn't explain it very well so apologies if I did but just in terms of just to sort of sum up that and, and sort of put it to bed um, the Wolves had to you know break even essentially in the 2019 uh, years ending financial years ending 19, 20, 21 mm. um, so those restrictions you know, officially did end in May because the, you know the financial year goes up to April um, but in terms of this summer um, there wasn't an issue in terms of a lack of funds necessarily uh, it's more the uh, the uh, I suppose philosophy is the right word um, of folks wanting Wolf to be uh, independent, sustainable. Um, you know, not overspending, getting into taking financial risks, getting into big debt, and that really is where the summer work came in. But you know, they were willing to spend the money on Sven Botman, as I said before. He mm. wanted to come. I think he actually said in the I think it was the Dutch press uh, in the last couple of days that he was open to coming, and I, I obviously said that. A couple of weeks ago, that he, he didn't want to come, um, but Leal did. They didn't come to an agreement with with Wolves. Basically, the money wasn't wasn't enough, but it was somewhere around twenty five to thirty. Wolves were willing to spend, so they they were willing to spend. Yeah. Um, and obviously, they did make a few sales with uh, Mir going out, Petrani on loan, a few other loans. Um, so there was there was money available. There was there was budget and cash available, um, but it all comes down really to Wolves weren't going to go um, and splash out. You know, a net spend of 150 odd million or whatever it was. You know, they're not going to go and do that again, or they weren't going to do that this summer. Um, they want to be sustainable. They want to. That's what they're building the brand away from. You know, esports, fashion, all this other stuff. Uh, it all ties into the into the same thing. So, yeah, apologies, I didn't make that clear before, but just to, so people are aware, that is really where it came from. So the FFP wasn't isn't used as an excuse um, for the, for not spending. It's more the sort of philosophy around it. Mm, there we go. Um, so first question here comes from Steve Brown um, assuming you guys have seen the she interview um, what do you make of the comments surrounding interest rate timing for ground redevelopment surely if rates are a concern now is as low as they're ever going to be strange statement in my view yeah I'm not quite sure what to make of the question to be honest because are interest rates as low as they're ever going to be right now I'm not sure that's right well, I mean, you, you never know do you yeah, I mean, I'm not. That's a good point. First of all, you don't know. First of all, second of all, has not has the pandemic not had a big effect on that? Um, it's difficult for me to really to say either way because um, you you would trust that you know a conglomerate, a big company like Fosun would you know would be aware of when the right time is to sort of dip their toe in. Um, but the reality is that you know the playing side of things. Um, and as Jeff Shear said before, is coming ahead of a stadium redevelopment. It's it's you know it's two, three, four down the pecking order at the moment. Uh, mm. They've got the academy, they've got the the, the first team, uh, they've got all the brand stuff they're doing alongside that as well. That all really is coming first, um, and that's just the the reality of the um, the, well, the stepping stones really in what they want to create with the side. They want something to be. Um, 
what's the word? What is the word? <laughs> I've totally gone blank on the it's, word. It's consistent. The there we go. Consistent. Yeah. I don't know why that, I don't know why that word totally went. Uh, they want it to be consistent with the team. It's obviously been a little bit you know fluctuating the last couple last year really. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it, that's really going to come towards the bottom. It's not something they're dropping. They are aware that work needs to be done, but it's just not number one on the priority list. It's got to go that way as well, hasn't it? Because ground expansions are always a little bit iffy. You need to be doing really well in other sections, mainly on the pitch, to warrant doing an expansion because it's it's an awkward one because you you wonder how long how much are they trying to expand by, how many can they, you know, regularly sell out and you need to be performing on the pitch to keep punters sticking bums on seats yeah. because obviously you're gonna have that core fan base that's always gonna be there at Wolves and at many other clubs. You know, those diehard season ticket holders will be there if the club are in League One, League Two, Premier League, Champions League, whatever. But when you're expanding the ground, you need to make sure that you're not over-expanding to the point where you're not going to make your money back very quickly. Mm. Uh, and Fos and ultimately, you know, they're an investment firm. They need to know that they're going to get their money back by doing it. And another point as well is the, the issue with the Graham Hughes stand at the moment not being, um, basically yeah. having to be rebuilt. Uh, there's issues in that with uh, materials. Um, COVID and Brexit having a big impact on steel, for example. Um, you would imagine that's probably going to have an impact in some way in Molyneux as you know any plans to, to revamp or rebuild as well. So yeah. uh, the timing has to be right as well. And, and right now, it's, it's just not you know number one on the priority. Mm, exactly. You, you won't see too many clubs seriously considering expansion until you're clear of the pandemic and yeah. Brexit has probably been sorted out a little bit more. Um, King Wolf 84, with the club wishing to expand into the USA market, should the club not uh, be in investing more in making Wolves women content, including games more available, noting that women's football is the fastest growing sport over there. They love their women's football over in the States. They always have done. Um, and Wolves women have been doing fantastic. Yeah, they have for sure. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's you know it's certainly um, not a bad idea uh, in terms of the US market, but in terms of Wolves women in general, um, I think if you and this is my personal opinion, I think if you compare the coverage that Wolves give their women's team compared to other clubs, I think it's actually very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the the players would probably say similar in comparison to some other clubs they've been at. I think there was a thing I saw the other day about. Um, it was Man United against Reading in the Women's Super League. I think it was the opening game of the season, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, and the Man United website didn't have one story on their website about it. And they had mm. some website about some charity that was some, some guff, basically. Um, and that that is, in contrast to Wolves, very different. The Wolves do give good um, coverage already, considering Wolves women are in the third tier as well. Um, they're doing well, which has always helps. But I think the um, the coverage is is comparable, really, to how well they're doing. Um, and you know, the better they do, I'm sure it will probably go up. They've also got limited resources at Wolves, you know, in terms of the media team. They've got a, a good and big media department, um, but there's only so much, you know, they can they can send out to elsewhere. It's similar with me with trying to get to some Wolves women games. I haven't been able to so far. I'm having to you know work out diaries. There's things they have to. Uh, we've only got limited resources myself. I've got to try and you know figure it out. So, mm. um, so it's it's basically comes down to that. But you know, they also want 
Wolves women in similar to the men's team. They want them to be sustainable. Um, they want they they carry on that same mould. They're not going to throw money at it and and spend a ridiculous amount on it. Uh, it's just the the reality of of the philosophy really using local talent, bringing in some good players, uh, and they're doing really well. They're getting great results on the on the pitch, uh, and the the more they do that, the coverage will only get better. But as it stands right now, the coverage is actually pretty good to be honest. Yeah, it's it's good to see. Big broadcasters picking up women's Super League rights yeah. as well. Oh yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, Sky have been doing uh, quite a bit recently, haven't they? They've got that team with Jackie O'Leary's part of it. They've got a few other people, mm-hmm. um, and I, I watched the uh, the United Reading game as well. And it was, um, I thought Sky did a really good job actually. To be honest. As, as much as Sky get a bit of stick sometimes, um, rightly so, by the way. Yeah, true. Um, I do think they did a very good job actually with the. The Wolves women, uh, the Wolves women, sorry, the women's Super League um, coverage. Yeah, I think, and it is good to see because um, it's not it's not what some people will make out. It's not uh, you know a load of headless chickens running around the pitch. It is you know they are they're playing some good stuff. And Wolves women, as I say, are, are doing really well. And hopefully, I'll get to a game soon, and uh, and they'll keep doing well. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, Peter Hatfield, great last name, by the way. Um, <laughs> is Foson's ambition to turn us into a Premier League force, or is it to make us a profitable business? As we're playing superb with the new manager and crying out to add more quality, the lack of signings will mean we do nothing. Yeah, it's. it's um, I think there's a there's a perception among people that you can only have one or the other. Yeah, there needs to be a middle ground. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think Foson have tread that line fairly well over the last few years. Um, I, I'd be totally agree that they needed more this summer uh, and they needed to make more signings. I think everyone would agree with that. I think Jeff in his interview said they've got 20 senior players. Bruno probably wanted about 22, mm. but he's still happy. You know, We'll speak to him tomorrow and get his thoughts. But um, it that Bruno, that is, speak to him tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, you know, as I keep saying, they want them to be sustainable. They want them to be they don't want to take financial risks with them, um, and and that needs to marry alongside what's happening on the pitch. Um, and I think that you know they they as I say they tread the line fairly well with that. And and yes, they are playing some good football at the moment. They need results to go with that. Um, but what I don't see why you can't have why you can't have both. And now obviously it gets to a point where you probably do need to spend a bit more. But that again goes hand in hand with what's coming in. Uh, all the stuff they're doing away from the football side of things to bring money in, that's going to go hand in hand with that, with being able to, to to spend more in the coming years, not necessarily right now. So it's all a it's all sort of building blocks really. But they need mm. to, you know, be sustainable financially and in the Premier League at the same time. And at the moment, they they're juggling all those balls at the same time and they're managing to do it. The one thing I would say. Uh, and this is obviously from the outside looking in because I don't cover Wolves on a regular basis Uh, so correct me if I'm going off on a tangent and if I get something wrong the one thing I would say is that Fosun and Wolves have had an opportunity I think over the past couple seasons when they had them two really good seasons um, they had an opportunity to push the boat out and, and spend some big money on a really good player and I think Ruben Diaz was probably the biggest one you know you look at what Ruben Diaz is doing now and you would have said it would have Wolves really should have maybe pushed the boat out and took a little bit of a leap of faith. I'm not saying put the club in any danger, um, but I can understand where fans are coming from when they're saying, "Is the ambition really there and really being backed?" Because when you hear about stuff like that, and and Diaz would have been, I mean, if he would still be at Wolves now, 
what a signing he would have been and he would have backed Wolves to, to really push on. Whereas I know last season there are there are other situations and it's a bit complicated because you've got no fans and you know obviously the situation with lockdown and, and coronavirus. But they went a little bit backwards, I think that's fair to say. Um, and if they had stumped up the money and gone for someone like a Ruben Diaz when they had the opportunity, you think that would have really you know rubber stamped their ambitions? Yeah, I don't think I can disagree with that really because it um, perhaps it was slightly overcautious. Uh, but I also have to bring in a few, you know, mitigating circumstances, things out of Wolves' control as well with the pandemic, mm. other things like that, and you know, not having any fans. And uh, I know other clubs, you know, suffered the same um, situation. But I think uh, from a business point of view, it was um, they, it was a more of a cautious sort of look after our own approach. Yeah. Um, yeah, you look at the two seventh place finishes and think, had they pushed the boat out, you know, it could be, you know, a real success. Right now, it could be looking at, I don't know, top six, top seven again. But then equally, you know, I don't think I've used this example before, but it's one that just springs to mind is QPR from a few years ago, throwing, yeah. all, throwing all the money at it and look what happened to them. So it's, um, money doesn't always equal success. Um, and so far, folks have done a very good job. I think, I think that's you know fair to say over the last what four years five years, um, but there will be there will come a time I think in the next twelve months or so where they're going to have to take a little bit of a leap of faith again, um, or perhaps they'll come to a crossroads where they're going to make that decision, um, and that and that and also to keep a few fans on side who've been a little bit disappointed, um, but they will make signings. They it will it will come through. It just uh, it just didn't happen in this window, albeit. A disappointment and, and probably to the detriment of the squad. Any injuries and, and Bruno's in trouble, but but, yeah. um, but the squad is still very talented. It's you know it's it's not all doom and gloom. There's a, there, there's a rays of light in there somewhere as well for fans. Yeah, uh, Wayne McKee. How is Traore's negotiation going along for the new contract? Yeah, so there's there's no there's no sort of latest at the moment. Um, I think you know the way that these negotiations happen it isn't. You know, it doesn't all happen in a day. You know, not everyone gets around a table and uh, and you know puts it all together and signs it there and then. It was, particularly at this level, you know, there's a lot of people involved. It'll be you know the technical director at Wolves. It'll be the agent. It'll be the player himself. There'll be lots of different sort of people to go through. Mm. Um, I think patience is just needed on this one a little bit. Um, I don't, as far as I'm aware, I don't think the club are are expecting it to be. Well, provided they come to an agreement, but you know, I think that's probably. Um, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't go as far as saying likely. I don't want to put my neck on the lines and say that, and, and then it doesn't happen. But it's more likely now than it was before the you know the window ended. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um. So as far as I'm aware, I don't think the club are hoping it's going to take too long. Um. But yeah, a bit of patience is needed. You know, he's been away on the international break. Um. There's a lot of dialogue to go through. A lot of people. It's it, it takes a bit of time, but um. Provided everything goes well, I think they're hoping to have it tied up fairly soon. So mm. we'll um, hopefully keep a uh, keep an eye out for, for an update on that. Yeah, the sooner they get that done, the better as well. Because, I mean, his performances to start the season have been fantastic. And I know it hasn't resulted in results, but... Yeah, not. I mean, he's been brilliant, 100%. But it's not only the football side of things. It's also to, to look, at, look after what is a potentially sellable asset uh, yeah. as well uh, on the business side of things. Um, that's not me saying that Wolves are going to sell him within 12 months but if they 
can keep him on a, a long enough deal where they have got the leverage. Uh, if an opportunity comes to sell him and it's right for the club, it's right for the player, then Wolves can maximise the, the money they can get out of him because of the leverage of having him in, under a, a long contract. He's on two years at the moment. Two years left, sorry, at the moment. Um, so, you know, within a year or so, that, that money starts to come down and and that's where the temptation is to to sell, but then, you know, Wolves potentially will get less than, than they should. So... It's all about leverage, it's all about business, but alongside that, he's also playing very well. He's obviously been a w- wonderful the first three games of the season, uh, four including, uh, no, ignore that, he, he came off the bench at Forest, so first three <laughs> games of the season. Um, so uh, so yeah, I, and he obviously fits Bruno's style very well, and uh, I think it's only a matter of time before he really hits a few numbers as well. Um, so yeah, he seems happy, the club happy with him. Um, there's no indication that he's going to go anywhere, but that will be even more concrete, potentially, if they get him on a deal as well. Yeah, I was going to say, it's around the two-year mark where, not red flags, but you start to get a little bit concerned. Yeah, there's a know. bit of itchy feet, isn't there? Where you're trying, trying to, you know, there's, it's almost like a, a crossroads again, really, deciding what's going to happen with him. And then having a contract gives Wolves all the options. They've got the option to, to keep him because clubs won't meet the valuation and they've mm. got no reason to sell because he's under a long contract. Or if it's, as I say, the money's right for the, uh, for the club, it's right for the player to move. Um, if it's the right time, they can let him go and maximise the money they get out of it. So on both ends of the spectrum, having him under a contract is, is good for Wolves. Um, yeah. but it then benefits also, him as well, doesn't it? it yeah, of course it does. I mean, he's going to get a pay rise. There's, going to be, you know, there's, there's plenty of benefits for everyone, really. And uh, if he's keen, he could put in a release. If he says, like, look, you know, if a Champions League club come in for me, they can always ask for a release clause to be put in at a value which Wolves deem fair. Exactly, and if, if that's part of the negotiations and they and they agree on it, then that's you know that's another. Um, it's it, it's a good thing because even though Wolves potentially will lose a very good player, they, as long as they maximise the profits out of it. But if they at the moment they can keep him, use him, he's been very good. It's all positive. So yeah, provided they get it over the line, that is um, it's it can only be good news really. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dan Bonnet, uh, should Cody be starting for England on a regular basis? In a three. It, yeah, would you I'm say s- so? Would you? I mean, he, he, he always does well in a free, and he, when he's in that central position in a free, he does offer something different. Whether he be mm. starting week in, week out, but on a regular basis, you know, mm. I'd, I'd love to see him get some minutes at the uh, at the Euros. But uh, and I'm a big fan of Cody. Don't get me wrong. I think he's, I think he's brilliant for the squad, and I think you can hit, you can see that in the comments made about him from the England staff over the summer as well he's brilliant in the dressing room brilliant for the squad and adds a lot of value there and mm. don't get me wrong every time he's played for England he's played very well um, but I don't I still I still don't think he's quite a starter for me um, I think the obvious back two is Stones and Maguire yeah. um, you've got other players who have been injured and out of form that potentially could come in you know your likes of a Joe Gomez possibly who could be if he gets back to fitness and gets back into playing, could be in with contention again, who I think is a very good player. Um, and if they do move to a three as well, I think because Southgate has got, he, he obviously he's picking a lot of fullbacks, isn't he? And there's reasons for that. He's playing them in midfield or he's playing them part of a back three. Yeah. Walker and J- Reese James can both play on the right side of the three. Uh, and I really like Walker on the right side of the three as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't see that. I don't see that being re- realistic, to be honest. And, and, and I don't. I probably wouldn't put him in my England starting eleven, whether it's a four or a three. But mm. I would definitely have him in the squad. I think he's been very, very good for the squad. So um, 
and you know the more minutes he gets great I mean obviously playing against Andorra the more opportunity he gets in those games brilliant uh, he's what six caps now I think it is so yeah all, all power to him get more caps than you're about but yeah not, not a starter for me yeah I, I'd probably agree with you there I think you've I think you've you've discussed that pretty well um Amar's music show. What do you make of just saying that funds were not an issue during the transfer window after so much was made of needing to sell to buy? Surely our outgoings, mainly the mere money, could have put us in a much greater position. Yeah, it, it all it sort of answers that really. It just comes back again to the self-sustaining model really. Um, and the money they got in wasn't huge. You know, it was what, 13.7 mil for mere three and a half for Otisawi. Um it's not life it wasn't life changing money in a football sense. Um so so yeah it, it's really really comes down to the same stuff that I've already said really about uh being self sustained and not taking financial risks. They could have spent um but again it also came down to having the right players and according to, to Jeff they, they didn't get um they weren't able to get in the right targets and some of the targets they were looking at Bruno wasn't convinced by. So you know, it's sort of six one half dozen the other. You can't. There's no point in signing a player if, if the coach isn't, you know, clear about him. And and to have him involved in that is good. You don't want the board making all the footballing decisions for you. You want him to be involved. And if he said no to a player, then you can only say as fair as, fair as that, really. Mm. The one thing I'd say as well is just because you've not spent this window, it doesn't mean you won't be able to spend more in other windows. Because yeah, the way financial fair play works, it does it over a number of years. The fact that Wolves haven't you know, spent a lot of money this window will help them in future windows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I think there's a just to answer a question. I think I've already seen what targets do you reckon Wolves will go back for in in January? I think Botman and Sanchez. You could probably see them going back in for Sanchez mm-hmm. will probably be fit again by then as well. Um, so there will be movement, hopefully, and um, provided there's no injuries, Wolves can you know get to January fairly safely and potentially uh, bring some more players in then as well. Exactly. Uh, Ronan Gibbons, if we're flirting with the bottom three in January, do you think Bruno will still be in a job? feel like he's been massively hung out to dry, but some fans have fickle memories, and if we do end up struggling, they'll just blame Larger. Um, depends what you mean by flirting with the bottom three. I think if if you're really in the thick of it, then there'll obviously be questions asked. But, like he says, if there are other factors playing into that, so say they're 15th and six, seven points clear of the bottom three. But they've had a number of injuries. It's it's very hard to legislate for that if you're if you're larger, I think. Yeah, I um I I'd agree with you. It depends really what you mean by, by flirting with the bottom three. I mean if they're in the bottom three, then um potentially. Uh if they're, I don't know, fifteenth, sixteenth and they've uh, you know they're within touching distance, but I've got you know a little bit of a healthy. Well, I wouldn't say healthy, but a little bit of a distance between them as well. I, I wouldn't say necessarily he will go, but again, you know, Foson have been and can be ruthless if they want to, and they'll make a decision if they think it's right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that if that did happen, um, but I also wouldn't want to see Wolves get into the habit of hiring and uh, and firing so quickly. So. Um, it just he needs results. Simple as that. And we'll, we'll come on to Watford. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think the performances matter. The performances matter as well because they these do. Past, yes, these past three games, Wolves have put in three very good performances, and they've not got any points to show from it. And they've got, they're up against really tough teams now. The fixtures look a fair bit easier on paper. 
on paper. <laughs> that's that's football's always not pl- played on paper, but it no, looks easier on paper. It's always the problem. No, I, I do fancy, you know, I do fancy Wolves to get some points and some goals in the next few games. I do, but uh, and you're right, they've been playing very, 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 very well. But it's also a, a results business, isn't it? At the end of the day, mm. um, he does need them. You know, if he, let's say hypothetically, gets to mid October and still hasn't won a game, um, I'd be, I'd be concerned. Certainly would. Um, but I do think that this team is will win games, will score goals because the way they're playing, there's still a good talent in the squad. I think, oh yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. I don't think, I don't think there'll be any concerns. And if there is, we'll uh, revisit it and you can replay this podcast back to me when I said everything'd be fine. If they get slapped four 0 by Watford, then <laughs> then we'll talk. Uh, any updates on Johnny's injury? Says Supergrown. Um, nothing necessarily new. I think it's they're looking at a, a sort of time frame around about um, sort of January ish. Uh, but again, it'll be one to to ask Bruno or potentially ask tomorrow as well. Uh, just to jump on it as well, I think there's been a few questions about Bruno Jordao. Um, as, as far as I'm aware, I think it's a knee issue, um, but it's one for me to ask Bruno tomorrow. I don't have anything else on that. Um, I know he's been away over in Ibiza. I don't know whether that's the holiday or. Or medical reasons, but um, like rehabilitation stuff. But I'll, I'll find out and uh, and hopefully get a bit on him because potentially he's a a midfield option, isn't he? Um, mm-hmm. When they've got limited limited options there, so uh, so yeah, we'll um, I'll do a bit of uh, do a bit of digging, speak to Bruno, and, and see what um, see what comes of that one. One thing with Johnny, vital not to rush him back, in my opinion. Yeah, well, what was it? He got was it seven games he got through before the injury happened again, something like yeah. that. Top of my head. He made an incredibly quick return from the first knee injury. Yeah. And I'm not and saying that there was any link in between it, but it's an easy one to kind of think about. Yeah. Uh, so it's vital that they don't rush him back. He needs to be 100% before. He's so good as well when he is when he is he, there. He's brilliant. Exactly. Do um, need him. Although, you know, Marcel's been doing well. Ain't always a good player, but he'll be a great option when you get yeah. him back in. Great option. Uh, B Townley, um, do you think Marcel could play in a C- could play in a CDM role in a pinch with a dearth of midfield options? We need to get creative in the cups and possibly the Prem too. It's not. I don't hate the idea. It's not a terrible idea. Um, I'm not entirely sure he's going to have the positional awareness for um, for midfield. It's very different to what he does play. It's so much harder. You've got yeah. have, you've, you've got to have knowledge of everyone around you whereas if you're playing yeah. off a flank it's so much easier yeah it's very linear isn't it with a flank um just in terms of your body shape and position and where you've got to almost where you've got to look you open you open your body up for the flank you're on um and you know occasionally we'll play a pass in in sort of uh, infield but otherwise it's you know it's all very linear for you you know you're never going to get blindsided when you're yeah, playing on the flank exactly playing in midfield you've got to be so much sharper uh, head on a swivel you know you've got to be aware of everything so uh, I'm not entirely sure he's, that's going to suit him um, not that he can't do it but I think in terms of suiting his game I'm not I'm not sure that does um, but I don't hate the idea you know if there was a, a cup game as you say a cup game that um, Wolves might have one or two knocks or fitness issues and they need a player to play in there um, he'd be potential but then also you've got you know Roman Sice is probably ahead of him in that department because he you know has played midfield for a few years previously, so um, I don't think he'd be the first on the team sheet to go into there. But I don't, I don't hate the idea. I'll put it that mm. way. Uh, the Wolfpack, when Vinagra joined Sporting on loan with an option to buy, Joe Edwards said some clauses means it's very likely they'll take up the option to buy him. Uh, what are the clauses? Is it a certain number of appearances that make it an obligation to buy? Yeah. So um, I do have a bit on this. Um, as I understand it. 
Um, he will sign for Sporting. Um, I believe the fee is 7.5 million. Um, he will sign for Sporting uh, if Sporting avoid relegation. Mm. Um, but that's that's the clause, and that that becomes an obligation uh, to buy if he if he um, if if they avoid relegation. Uh, and I think you know it's fairly obvious to people anyway. But I'll say it that Sporting are exceptionally unlikely not to get uh, to sorry exceptionally unlikely to get relegated. Sorry, um, you know they're one of the big bigger clubs in in uh in Portugal alongside Porto and Benfica so yeah uh it's very very unlikely that they would go down um which essentially means you know that Vidal's gone i think the attitude really from the from the club side is that um in their mind he is he has you know he's a, he's a permanent sporting player really even though officially it's a loan at the moment because the likelihood of them going down is so minimal uh, obviously, you never say never in football, but it's so minimal that essentially, you know, he's going to be signing permanently there. So, uh, so yeah, so so that's that's as far as I understand, that's the situation. So, um, so yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't expect to see him back in a uh, in a wolf shirt. Yeah, exactly. Um, and put it this way, Sporting currently second. There you go. <laughs> exactly. I didn't Out even of look eighteen at... teams. So. I, didn't, I didn't even look at the. Uh, I didn't even look at the uh, the the table. So yeah, that, that says everything. Yeah. Uh, I'm just just double checking, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's about seven point five million. I was just double checking right on that. So, um, and I, I believe um, there's a a salon fee as well. Mm. With um, I'm not entirely sure the uh, the percentage of that. Um, but from previous reports that we've done, it's that there is a, a sound fee as well. So, um, so yeah, as, as far as from what I understand, obviously with that being that being right, from the club's mind, is you know he's essentially gone. Yeah. Um, Gh nineteen eighty. Are you missing Nathan? Followed up by King Wolf eighty four. He says, "Has Luke got any good stories about Nathan?" I think Nathan's always quite public with his funny stories. I don't think I've got one which people won't know about. He is. It's a shame, really. I was hoping he might. Might be able to totally embarrass him. The answer to mine is, um, I, I'm so glad he's away. I don't miss him one bit. I'm yeah, gonna absolutely have a bit of, not missing him. Bit of peace and quiet at Watford. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. Uh, obviously, I'm joking. It would be lovely to have him back for the Brentford game. Yeah, yeah, um, and good to see him enjoying himself on a, on a on a wet, much earned break. Um, in terms of funny stories, I don't. I think he was public about the time he got thrown up on in a train. Oh, I've not heard it. So do you want to go for it? So we were at. It was Villa in the playoff final against Derby, the one they won. And uh, me and Judah both worked that game. And bless him, he got on the last train back, which is always a mistake. Always a mistake from Wimbledon, mm. getting the last train back. Uh, and apparently he was in his carriage. Uh, and one Villa fan had maybe enjoyed a few too many drinks. Um, can't really blame him. They got promoted, so you know, you're know you going to enjoy yourself. But he enjoyed himself to a level where... Um, the drink repeated on himself and it happened to repeat on himself so much that it landed on Nathan Judah. Where, where did it land on him? Apparently, like, there's a picture which I've seen and it is literally all over his right shoulder and oh, down wow. his chest. Um, which I must admit I found <laughs> incredibly funny. I mean, that is hilarious, but if that was me, I would be so upset. Judah's such a, like... It's worse for Judah as well. Some yeah. people would react better than others, yeah. and I don't think Judas would react well. No. I was just about to say that of all people that would hate that probably the most, I would say it'd be him. Yeah. Oh yeah. god. 
That's that is horrendous. I don't. I haven't got anything like that. I'm afraid. So you've uh, you've you've topped it. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm sure that's a massive anticlimax for people, but regardless, um, you've got a story. Thinking of adoption, we have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell's Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking for re- to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902 Uh Right, let's talk Wolves, Watford, Liam. Um, as I said before, the fixtures on paper are looking a little bit easier. Um, if they put in performance like they did against United, against Watford, surely they're getting at least a point and probably all three. Yeah, you'd, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Um, Watford are an interesting one. Obviously, newly promoted, beat Villa 3-2 on the opening day. There's a lot of chat about Villa and the signings they made and, and how well people think they're going to do. And then Watford, turned up. they went 3-0 up as well, didn't they, in that game? Yeah, Villa uh, were dreadful that day. Yeah. So, you know, they made a very good start. They... They then, you know, lost 2-0 to Brighton, which is a pretty poor result by all accounts. Picked up a Carabao Cup win against Palace, um, 1-0, and then lost 1-0 to Spurs. So it's been all, it's been a bit of a mixed bag, really. The Carabao Cup is neither here nor there, really, in terms of the league. Um, although I think Palace named a fairly decent side. Um, but then yeah, the one that sticks out for me is looking at the, that Brighton result, um, mm. particularly for a newly promoted club to lose 2-0 at Brighton, they're the kind of games you want to get a result in. Now you can say it even did South out a little bit because they didn't. No one expects them to beat Villa, I suppose. Um, I mean, they nearly bottled that in the last minute. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. So, so basically, my sort of summary of when I when I look at that and look at their performances, I, I think they can be got at. Basically, um, I think defensively, um, I, I noticed against Spurs they played Cathcart right back. Mm. My lord, if they play Cathcart right back against Darmatrior, that's going to be a field day. Oh yeah, that's that would be fun to watch. Uh, I mean, if they, if he plays there, and obviously Troy's been playing on the left side as well under large. I mean, if he plays there, that that, that could be a massacre. <laughs> that could be yeah. absolute run of the mill game for Troy just running rings around. I mean, that is that's got that for me is the could be the key one. Really could. Um, I. I really fancy Wolves to get a result here. Um, I think they should get a result here with the way they've been playing. Uh, but it's all about consistency. They have to not let the results get them down um, and and look at the performance they've put in and take inspiration from them. Because they've been very, very good, as, you, as you've said. Um, I think if I look at the team, what I would expect, you'd probably expect a 3-4-3 again. Uh, I think Jose Sarri goal is probably a shoe-in. Um, and I, I would stay with the back, same back three as I said already Kilman, Cody Sice um, mm. Bolly, I'm sure Bolly will come in at some point um, but I'm, I'm thinking my well again I guess I'm obviously guessing but my thinking is that Large will be loyal to those three that have done fairly well so far uh, particularly Kilman uh, who's, who's been brilliant so um, I'd go with that I think 
it's a tough one in midfield because I keep predicting that he's going to drop Moutinho for a game. I know at some point he obviously will, uh, and then he never does. <laughs> so, yeah. so, I mean, Neves will play. Um, you know, there's the argument that Moutinho played for Portugal the other day that maybe Dendonka will come in, but that one's a bit up in the air. I think Semedo and, and Marcel will be the wing backs, and that's probably not going to change. Um, and then it'll be Traore, probably Trincao either side, and then it just depends really on whether they bring Fabio Silva in. Um, for me, I would. Um, I think he's had limited minutes so far. Um, he did fairly well against Forest, set up two goals. So I would start him. Uh, and also to have a, a more natural striker through the middle of the, the three rather than playing opponents and, and sort of having a bit of a mix and match between the three wingers, really, um, sort of interchange and play. I think to have more of a focal point in, in Silva, who is, you know, the out-and-out striker, would, would suit the system better, I think. So um, I'd give him an opportunity. I think, yeah, as I said, he's had limited minutes. He played well in the Forest game. Uh, this is an opportunity for him. Obviously, you know, if Jimenez can play against Watford, he will play. Um, but as it stands, it you know, potentially unlikely. Um, so yeah, it, it could be a big opportunity for, for Fabio. Um, against the Watford team, that you would expect Wolves are going to create chances against as well. And if he can be in the right place at the right time, I think he's shown already, um, albeit he's got a lot to, to do and a lot to learn, I think he's shown already that his movement in the box is very good. Some of the goals he scored last season um, were sort of instinctive finishes. Mm. I, th- I think if he if he can be in the right place at the right time for Traore and Trincao creating opportunities, I think there could be a there could definitely be a goal in that game for him, hundred percent if he plays. So um yeah, it'd be really nice to, to see Wolves get goals and get a result on the board. But I do I fancy him to win it. I really do, hundred percent. Yeah, the one thing I'd say is, you know, Watford at home, they do look um a little bit of a different side at home than they do away. And they do have some threats of their own, don't they? I mean Ismail Asar, Emmanuel Dennis, uh, Hernandez impressed um, against Villa. Um, and you've got a couple of other players in there, the Moose Sokos, the Josh Kings of the world, who can who can put in performances as well. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I think um, they, they do actually have a fairly decent side going forward. I think Itibo in midfield is a decent sort of break-up-the-play holding midfielder. Um as you say, Saar is a is a very good player. Josh King is a a striker who has has scored goals at this level, but struggled for probably gone off the boil, hasn't he? Yeah, he struggled for at least twelve months, maybe eighteen months now. He struggled. He obviously had the year at Everton last season. He's he's not quite been the same player, um, but he he has done it at this level, so he's potentially a threat. They've got a few of the names you mentioned. Moussa Soko is I think is a good signing for them. Um, they've got that uh, Bonaventure player on the left wing as well. I think yeah, right. Manuel think... Dennis says, yeah. Oh, is that, is that the same player, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was getting confused because I thought that was the same player. But when you said Dennis, I thought, oh, he must be a different player then. <laughs> no, no, because I, 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 it fooled me as well. But um, yeah, I think it's the same player, yeah. Yeah, because I think he's more of a striker, but he's been playing on the left for, for Watford so far. So he's um, he seems a decent option. He's a, he, you know, he's a bit sort of raw and unproven, but he seems to be doing okay. So... They do have options. They certainly do, um, and it's not going to be easy. It's a very good observation actually from you to say about the home form because you're right. The Bright- Brighton and the Spurs losses were both away from home, mm. um, so that's definitely a, a factor. Um, but the Wolves fans have been very, very good. They always are good, but they've been very good start of the season. They were, you know, they outsang a whole King Power Stadium at Leicester. Uh, the couple of home games since then have been brilliant. So. 
uh, and and uh, for, I know Forrest is you know it's different. Forrest is struggling. It's a Carabao Cup, but even there they were, uh, you know, head and shoulders above the Forest fans at their place. So um, I think you know the Wolves fans there. A good few fans are making an atmosphere as well. There's no reason why Wolves can't make that play to their advantage as well. Um, and they and they yeah they've shown it's not really phased them so far. So long may that continue and uh, and get a result. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you want to give a prediction and and maybe plug the competition? Yes, so obviously Mr. Uh, Mr. Judah normally does this, but I'll be doing it on my Twitter today. So the way we've been doing it, uh, for anyone who, who isn't aware, is that um, we don't mention it on Twitter. It's only for the people who come this far in the podcast that are going to know about it. Um, so I'll do a, a tweet um, with the link to the podcast and everything, and if you retweet that, you'll be in with a chance um, of winning a shirt of your choice. A wolf shirt, obviously. <laughs> um, but that only... And I'll pick it. But I'll pick the uh, the winner before the the game kicks off. And then if my predicted score turns out to be true, turns out to be right, then you will win a shirt of your choice. So I will go with. Oh, I can feel the uh, heartbeat pumping. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm. The pressure's on. I'm on the edge of my seat. Three one wolves. Three one. Three one wolves. I think they're gonna they're gonna come to the fore. They're gonna hit the gold trail. Um, three one wolves, um, and we, we're not doing a scorer. It's, we're just doing the uh, just doing the results. So if uh, retweet my tweet when I um, when I put the uh, the podcast out, when I put the link out, um, I'll then pick the winner before the kickoff. And um, and if three one is the correct score, you will win a shirt of your choice. Fantastic stuff. Um, anything else to add, Liam? I don't think so. I think we I think we we nailed it. We nailed it all with. In almost bang on an hour, perfect. Exactly, exactly. We don't mess around, mate. When I'm hosting, no. look, there's no messing around. You come in, it's like you know, like a drill sergeant. You just come in, get it done. That's it, mate. Like a machine. <laughs> Honestly, you can you give me some tips off air about the beard? By the way, is that right? Uh, yeah, mate. Just um, <laughs> nothing but beard oil and. Uh, do you do all that? Do you? Do you comb it and do all this? I don't comb it. You just throw some beard oil on it, but. We'll talk about that off air, don't you worry, don't you worry. I don't give away my secrets. I might be flying to Turkey and getting a beard transplant or something. <laughs> that might be a way to go for you, mate. A few grand. Oh, no, I'll stick on expenses, you know, just a few grand to get a, get a beard in. Nice. Oh, just hope Wolves get into Europe, mate. Draw Galatasaray, you saw it? Perfect, perfect. Two birds with one stone, mate, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Right, that does it for another episode of the ENS Wolves podcast, sponsored by Adoption at Heart. Uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in. Nathan Jude will be back next week alongside you, Liam. But until then, it's bye-bye from us. <laughs> <laughs>